welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Amy and Marla and Dennis. Good to have you guys. Glad you could make it. Any announcements? Um, I'm updating the 23 ways to stay sober to probably 29 or 30. Just depends on which ones we add from the the nightly group. Uh, The Monday night group's been going through that list and using it for uh, topics the last few weeks. Then they added some this last week, so I'm compiling those. So that's good. I'll have a a link posted at buddyc.org under resources for that. And I'll try to get the link into the the actual link itself in the show notes so you guys can use that. Um, The nightly 9 p.m. Eastern meeting, we've got that every night. Zoom, aameetings.com will take you directly to that. Um, I chair most Fridays. Amy chairs most Sundays and does a breakout, a beginner breakout on Friday. That's good. What else we have going on? Anything else to announce? Or that should be about it, shouldn't it, guys? A lot of resources at buddyc.org. Um, also, this book that I wrote, if uh, you can't afford a copy, got you can email us and the emails there at buddyc to the contact. Um, and I'll email you a PDF version at no charge. So the Lots of good things there. All the books we use are on the bottom of the homepage if you want a direct link to buy them. And some other Zen books and things that we study or that I've studied too, including Sensei's book is there. All kinds of good stuff. Anything else before we begin King's Disciple or actually finish it? Uh, we got a, a few pages in. I do want to start reading from the beginning and then just kind of get a, as we get a synopsis of the story. And then uh, to lead into what we want to talk about today, finishing. Any comments before we begin? Okay. I'll just read it, Marla. A disciple complained to King. This is a King's, one of King's disciples. Uh, the eyes of all men seem to be alike. I detect no difference in them. So the disciple could not see a difference. Yet some men are blind. Their eyes do not see. The ears of all men seem to be alike. I detect no difference in them, yet some men are deaf and their ears do not hear. The minds of all men have the same nature. I detect no difference between them, but the mad cannot make another man's mind their own. So uh, he's saying he's just not getting it, more or less. Uh, Here I am apparently like other disciples, but there's a difference. They get your meaning and put it into practice, and I cannot. Uh, you tell me, hold uh, hold your being secure and quiet. Keep your life collected in its own center. Do not allow your thoughts to be disturbed. But however hard I try, thou is only a word in my ear. It does not ring any bells inside. In other words, it does not work for him. He's trying so hard, but he just can't get it. So uh, King Son replied, this is the master. I have nothing more to say. Bantams do not hatch goose eggs. In other words, uh, 
what he's looking for, he does not have. He can't, you know, chickens don't hatch gooses. Though the fowl of Lou can. So he's saying that uh, uh, other fowl are able to do that. It is not so much a difference of nature as a difference in capacity. And I thought about that. And I thought about that. what he's saying there, uh, that there are some that can from somewhere else. Uh, and he said, not needing to change, but realizing what he is already. So it's not as much a difference in the nature, but of capacity. So uh, he's saying, for me, he's saying that uh, uh, that he may, he's just not realizing what he already has. It's not that he needs to be a different person. It's, it's somewhat like what we find out when we when we realize a lot of us, that the problem wasn't that God had to send something down to us or that we had to, uh, something that we needed from outside, we just had to surrender. And what we needed was there waiting on us, was how it seemed to happen for me, that I just had to get out of the way. So I, I think in a way that, that could be what, uh, what he's saying. As a difference of capacity, my capacity is too slight to transform you. Why not go see Lao Tzu? So he's sending them to Lao Tzu. The disciple got some supplies, traveled seven days and nights alone, and came to Lao Tzu. Lao asked, do you come from King? Yes, replied the student. Who are all those people you brought with you? The disciple whirled around to look. Nobody there panicked. Lao said, don't you understand? The disciple hung his head in confusion. Then a sigh, alas, I have forgotten my answer. More confusion. I have also forgotten my question. Lao said, what are you trying to say? The disciple said, when I don't know, people treat me like a fool. When I do know, the knowledge gets me into trouble. When I fail to do good, I hurt others. When I do good, I hurt myself. If I avoid my duty, I am remiss. But if I do it, I am ruined. So he's, uh, how can I get out of these contradictions? That is what I came to ask you. Uh, in other words, he is full of fear. Uh, he's worried about the opinions of others. He's, all those things are, for the most part, in his head. Lao Tzu replied, a moment ago, I looked into your eyes. I saw you were hemmed in by contradictions. Your words confirm this. You are scared to death. Like a child who has lost father and mother, you're trying to sound the middle of the ocean with a six-foot pole. In other words, you're trying to find the bottom of the ocean with a six-foot pole out in the middle of it. It can't <laughs> be done. You have got lost, and you're trying to find your way back to your own true self. See, he had already been there. He'd just gotten lost and he was returning. You find nothing but illegible signposts pointing in all directions. I pity you. I had a note beside that that uh, it's not, like I said before, not getting something that you don't have. For me, it wasn't that God needed to answer my prayers. It was that for me to realize I didn't need to pray for anything. I already, my my prayers had already been answered. I just didn't know it. Already had it. The disciple asked for admittance, took a cell, and there meditated, trying to cultivate the qualities he thought desirable and get rid of others which he disliked. So 
here he is. He says, well, I'm just going to start meditating and I'm going to get rid of the, this is what he thought he should be doing. 10 days of that despair, miserable, said Lau, all blocked up, tied in knots, try to get untied. If your obstructions are on the outside, do not attempt to grasp them one by one and thrust them away. Impossible. Learn to ignore them. If they are within yourself, you cannot destroy them piecemeal, but you can refuse to let them take effect. If they are both inside and outside, do not try. Do not try to hold on to Tao. Just hope that Tao will keep hold of you. Um, step out of the way. Uh, let go. Stop the thinking. Uh, Amy, I was reminded of the actual way into right thinking. Uh, you know, I, the thing that's different for me in recovery than anything else that from before now is, okay, if I had a problem before, something to figure out, I would get educated, I would learn how to do it, and then, you know, the, the process of, of learning, then doing the task. If you've got a job to do, you don't try to do the job first, you go through some training for whatever you need then you do the job, right? That's the way things work. Well, in recovery for me, I had to give up the idea that I could understand. And the same with the Tao. I had to give up the idea that it was even possible for me to comprehend what I needed because I couldn't comprehend it. That's what was my problem. I came into recovery mm -hmm. thinking, okay, I'm going to figure this thing out. And the, 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 steps were, the steps were the training program, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not. But that's the way I, I thought about it. And that's what he's saying here. He says that you're tied up in knots. And that's exactly what the disciple tried to do. Cultivate the qualities that he thought desirable. And to get rid of others that he disliked or that he thought was undesirable. Mm. So that's what he's doing. He's trying to improve himself. He's doing self-help is what he's doing. <laughs> CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. He's we're learning how to do this. Okay. Unless y'all see something different, let me know and interrupt me. I'm kind of just rolling this afternoon. So yeah, I mean, that's that's all he's doing. So he that wasn't the instruction that Lao Tzu gave him. That's what he did on his own. And he did that for 10 days. And he got nowhere. Then Lao Tzu told him. If he's tied up inside and out, which he was, within and without and outside, uh, do not try to hold on to Tao. Just hope the Tao will hold, get hold of you. In other words, just stop trying. You can't do this within your own efforts, within your own ability. The Tao has your back. Yeah. It will support you. Mm. Well, he said, well, that's what Lao Tzu said. He said, you have gotten lost and are trying to find your way back to your own true self. That's what we're trying to find our way back. We're trying to return to our original nature is the whole point. And then today we're going to get into some more examples of that. But uh, just stop the thinking. Instead of thinking, we have to act. Mm -hmm. That's the acting your way into right thinking. You can't think your way into right acting. He was trying to think his way into right acting. Mm. That's what we all try to do at the early part of our lives, you know, like 
think our way into right acting. I had a sponsee ask me this week, how many sponsees do you have? And I said, I don't know. He said, well, you got room for any more? What, what are you going to do if people keep asking you? What are you, what are you, what are you, you know, just all that. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I get what I need when I need it. And I meet with people and I enjoy it. And I don't even know how many I have. I don't think about it. He said, well, do you, I said, I still raise my hand when people say, I don't want any more, quite honestly, but I'm not in control of what I get, you know, and I'll raise my hand. I'll give my number out if someone, if I feel I need to. Uh, especially if no one's giving their number out, I can do that, but uh, I'm open to whatever. I mean, if I'm in a meeting and they say anyone that's willing to sponsor, raise your hand, I will raise my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just get what I need and they, they don't seem to be a burden at all or a problem. Um, and I enjoy it. I think that's the way it's supposed to work for everything, not just things related to the program supposed to work for business and for friendships and relationships and everything. If we can learn to live in this ease that Louts is talking about here. And that's what he's trying to move this disciple to this ease of beyond thinking or before thinking is how they say it in, in the Zen world is moving to, to before thinking. And the way they talk about it's real interesting. They say that we have this original nature, the true self, is what they call it here. And we have our actions. And what we do is we put our thinking between our original nature and our actions. And for for me, that's my fearful thinking because I'm always, you know, or my conniving or, or me trying to figure the thing out, all of those, instead of just going from my nature to the action, I add all the thinking in the middle. And for me, that's what this whole uh, spiritual process is is being comfortable with the emptiness of the middle and not thinking I have to fill that emptiness with something. Isn't it interesting though, once you consciously or subconsciously get to that point of emptiness, then all of a sudden you're more you're fuller, you're more full. Yeah. Your your life is filled with more I was thinking about that when you when you were talking about the sponsees and, and this and that. And, and um, you know, before I got sober, I swear to God, I didn't have time for anything. Like I had zero time. I couldn't I could barely go to the just just the simple things that like sustained the household. Right. Because I just wasn't even doing that very good either. Um, but now. <laughs> And and I've shared this before. It's the same 24 hours in the day, but (laughs) somehow I have time to work with one or two sponsees a day. I have time to work my full-time, full-time job every day. I have time to work out, exercise. I have time for spiritual activities. I have like, what? It's scientifically the number of minutes or hours did not change. But now I've got, I'm busier, but I don't, it doesn't feel busy. Um, some days, yeah, it's a little hectic, but um, it's that, the other thing, I, and I know we're, I'm, I might be getting off topic, but not really, um, to hold on to Dow, just 
do not try to hold on to doubt. Just hope that doubt will keep hold of you. What I thought about when you read that too was how I was trying to fix the internal with the external and everything out in the world. And then once I let go, um, now it's the internal is, is fixing and it's, and it's helping with the external to be fixed if it needs to be fixed. Right. But looking back over my life, when I was trying to run the show and it was a big shit show, it's a big, scary shit show. <laughs> Terrible. Um, the, the grace of God, the Tao, whatever you want to call it, saved my ass. So it, it did keep hold of me. It did keep me alive to get to this point of emptiness, readiness, willingness, open-mindedness, whatever is you want to put in like right there. Is it similar to a lifeguard uh, going out and rescuing someone that's drowning? I mean, you cannot hold on to the lifeguard. Sometimes they have to knock someone out to get them in. You have to disable them to be able to pull them in because they will pull you down if you let them do that. And I'm thinking that is, so I thought about that while you were talking, Amy, that maybe that's the an idea of that. Try not to, do not try to hold on to Dow. Just hope that Dow will keep hold of you. Floating. You can't float. You, you, you stop the effort to save yourself. Yes. Can that be translated like it is in the big book where we say we wear a as a loose garment? Rather you're not trying to hold on to it if and you're just can that be translated to that? Yeah, the way yeah, that you're so the okay. same as well? Hmm. That's for all of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You got something, Marla? No, oh, okay. You unmuted. I thought you did. Okay, the disciple groaned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When a farmer gets sick and the other farmers come to see him, if he can at least tell them what is the matter, his sickness is not bad. But as for me and my search for Tao, I am like a sick man who takes medicine that makes him 10 times worse. Just tell me the first elements and I will be satisfied. In other words, I have no idea what's wrong, how to do this. Mm. And here's our new, new part of our story. Lao Tzu replied, can you embrace the one and not lose it? And embrace, I looked up a definition of what, uh, what would fit what I hoped it would say. An act of accepting or supporting something willingly or enthusiastically was that what you were hoping that it would be to yeah i looked till i found that okay. <laughs> i thought embrace was like love but embrace is more than that yeah uh, so a big warm acting, hug. you want marla it's like a big warm hug mm. yeah yeah welcoming yeah can you embrace the one and not lose it can you support can you accept can you uh, can you do that and not lose it? Can you foretell good things and bad without the tortoise shell or the straws? In other words, they use that to tell the future or for guidance. 
Can you rest where there's rest? Do you know when to stop? Can you mind your business without cares, without desiring reports of how others are progressing? Like he's competing. Can you stand on your own feet? Can you duck? Can you now? Can you be like an infant that cries all day without getting a sore throat, or clenches his fist all day without getting a sore hand, or gazes all day without eye strain? That's from the fifty-first, fifty-fifth verse of the Tao Te Ching. I had mm-hmm. I looked it up. Um, so he's he's asking him here. First of all, can he be in the moment? Because can he rest where there's rest instead of his heart racing such that he can't rest regardless because he's so wound up in what's going on? Can he? Can you mind your own business without cares, without desiring, not reports of how you're doing, but how others are progressing? Your competition with someone else is keeping you, you know, that whole thing. And then he gets into what, what he really wants to talk about. And he says, you want the first elements? The infant has them. Free from care, unaware of self. He acts without reflection, stays where he's put, does not know why, does not figure things out, just goes along with them, is part of the current. These are the first elements. Now, Amy is seeing that firsthand with her first grandchild, right, Amy? That's your first one? I mean, you're getting to see that. I'm seeing that with my one-year-old grandson. He doesn't know what's going on outside of he sees someone who makes him happy or gets to eat something or go somewhere or do something. I mean, he's in that very moment. He doesn't remember yesterday or anything about that. He's just in the moment, and that's uh, that's a big part of this. Nor does he question it. No, he does not know why, right? It's like a dog. Like Marla's dog. Is your dog intelligent enough to hold grudges against you, Marla? He's not that intelligent, is he? No. But he does um, exhibit uh, an awful behavior. He pees up when I leave. Okay. So he's not. He's angry with me. Yeah. Mine is breathing on body, so I have to let him out because it's stink out of his mouth. Yeah, that's an awfulest breath dog. Yes. His his teeth has been rotten away. His teeth has been rotten away, and Buddy will say, Can you take him out? Because. (laughs) You haven't met one of my dogs. It's worse, probably. (laughs) And it takes a lot to make me gag. You could taste it in your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So dogs are perfection. So is that that, getting back to your true self? Could that be getting back? I guess it's the same as getting back to childlike faith. Like a child, a baby, an infant, especially knows he cries. He's going to get tended to. He's hungry. He's going to get fed. He needs a diaper change. He's going to get changed. Because as as parents, grandparents, whatever, we take care of those needs. So I'm just thinking of, of, I have a sponsor who has small children. And she 
I was hanging out with them one day. The little boy is a few years older. I can't remember how old he is now, and I'm sorry, but whatever. He's like, you know, young. And his little sister's like two, maybe three now. And um, so I was hanging out with him one day, and there was a, he had like this rubber snake, right? And he was trying to scare me with it or trying to play with, you know, and I was like, ah, it's a snake. Oh my gosh. And, um, and he, and then I said, well, don't, don't, don't scare your sister with that or, or something close to this, right? It's not exactly what happened, but some close. And I said, don't, don't scare your sister with that. And he said the most profound thing I've ever heard. He said, she doesn't know to be scared of the snake. I was like, oh my God, you're exactly right. I'm about to instill a fear into this little girl about this plastic freaking rubber snake. And she has no idea that she's supposed to be scared of snakes. Are we supposed to be scared of snakes? Or did someone instill that fear in us? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I was blown away. So is that is that what this is kind of talking about? Getting back to that true self that where everything's going to be okay. I'm going to be taken care of. I don't really need to worry about it. I think so. I think so. I think it's, it's just returning to our original nature. And that would be our original nature would be the nature we had as a small child. And, you know, uh, Mark. I have to think in the, as I, you know, when I'm like studying the Tao, you, you're stepping back and looking at a big picture. We are supposed to be here. We're part of, you know, all of nature's things. And as humans, we're obviously meant to be here. And so in that respect, I feel like we're taken care of because we're supposed to be here. Like plants are supposed to be here. Bugs are supposed to be here, you know. Does that make sense? Maybe it just yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> it does make sense. Um, it's well, just, you know, we get life happens. It, it's so lovely to think that you that we can go back to having no self awareness as an infant, but it's not possible mm-hmm. because I think it's a dependency issue, Marla. It's not the self. Self awareness, it's the living in fear that we yeah. do. I think we can work I, and definitely work with that. But. I think that's the whole issue is that we're afraid to let go and we want to figure everything out. And uh, small children do not have that issue, nor to most dogs, nor does, you know, 99.999% of nature does not have to figure it out. You know, we're the exception because of our level of intelligence. And I think that's the whole point of meditation and the whole spiritual path is to learn to return to this nature of being in the moment and knowing that our life is by design and we'll be taken care of if we can just step out of the way and just let it happen. That'd be great. And, you know, we've done that. And the interesting thing is uh, with drugs and alcohol, we learned that we had to step out of the way and let that happen, tap into that uh, power greater than ourself that we did not understand, nor will we ever understand. I understand less every day, 
far what I needed and it worked. So something that was going to kill us, we figured, we, we, I say we figured it out, but you know what I mean. We stopped trying to figure it out and it worked for us. Words are so inadequate when you talk about these things. And then we realize that we can have that same relief with the rest of our life if we can learn to do the same thing in regard to things that aren't killing us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's 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 where the rub is. This is not these other things aren't killing us. So how are we going to let go and uh, surrender in things that we really don't have to? Mm-hmm. That we could live with probably not be as happy, but we could survive. We see it every day with people in recovery that don't, you know, they stay sober, but yet they still have all these other issues of life. And I know guys that are full of fear. They've been sober for ever that just don't work the steps in other areas of their life. They and don't they, drink. They, and they, not talk about, they, they talk about the, they have the same issues over and over and over again. Nothing gets resolved. And there's the, I mean, the real root reason of why you use in the first place is never really resolved. But that, that, that means to me that you find yourself in life and somehow you don't really seem to practice step 11, step 11, because you're not keep seeking within yourself. And, and maybe you're not even doing a fourth and fifth, right? You're not, you're not really working on yourself that much or, or 10, 11, 12, right? And that means, but people stay sober though because they can go to meetings and get their, their therapeutic relief, and that. But but I, I yeah, I, I find that interesting that somebody is just okay with that. Yeah. But you know, that's a good thing though because that tells us we don't have to do this perfectly mm. for it to work. You know, we don't have to surrender everything for it not to work in an area of our life, mm. which is great. You know. Yeah. It's fantastic. It will work just to the degree that we'll allow it to. That's it. Exactly. Though. I didn't, I, I didn't get sober to half-ass shit. I just didn't. I mean, I didn't half-ass my drinking. I didn't half-ass my drugging. I'm not going to half-ass sobriety. Why? What's the point? <laughs> you got to want it badly enough. You got to love yourself badly enough to want to recover. But but that's what I mean. You since you 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 have to be miserable enough sober for you to want to do something about that too. Yes. For you to want to make a change, right? And for you to get out of your comfort zone. Otherwise, you stay in that comfort zone. You're not going to step forward. You're just in that loop again, right? And that's okay. Yes, it is. I guess it's not okay for me. I'm not okay staying in that loop. Some people, Amy, it's not okay Uh, for me. Like I was getting mad. I was like, "This is not okay." <laughs> <laughs> Can't really round it up. No, no, it's not okay. It's but okay. For you. That's where they want to stop. I think we can stop up this mountain anywhere we want to. You mm-hmm. know, and for the most time, you know, we can we can have as much peace and joy as we want, and then we can be in mm-hmm. charge of the rest of our life. If that's, but I'm not happy with that. Nor am I going to judge anyone for doing that. Let them do it if they want. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know. Each his own. Now, think about this. The infant's free from care, unaware of self. He acts without reflection, stays where he's put, does not know why. That's the part that I have issue with because I always want to know why. Does not figure things out. I always want to do that. Just goes along with them. It's mm. part of the current. I think that's the first three steps. Mm. You like to say that an infant is, is moving or uh, standing with what's moving. 
all the time, yeah. right? Because they're just yeah. moving along with what goes on. I mean, what the first three steps? I want to read them so I don't get them wrong. And uh, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. That is those three steps right there. Free from care, unaware of self, mm-hmm. just acts without reflection. In other words, just acts. There's no intent with their actions. No intent. Yeah. The disciple asked, is this perfection? That sounds like perfection to me. Lao Tzu replied, not at all. It is only the beginning. This melts the ice. Now he goes into what it's all about. You this want me to read or do you want to read? Oh, I was just going to read. That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I might be getting tired. This enables you to unlearn so that you can be led by Tao, be a child of Tao. That's the whole crux of this story is that sentence. The whole point is to be enabled to unlearn so that you can be led. You can't be led if you think you're in charge. (laughs) It's not going to work. It's impossible. Now, now he tells you the negative side that if you continue, if you persist in trying to attain what is never attained because it's a gift of the Tao, if you persist in making effort to obtain what effort cannot, can, if you persist in making effort to obtain what effort cannot get, if you persist in reasoning about what cannot be understood, you will be destroyed by the very thing you seek. Hmm. Not because that thing means to destroy you. It's because you keep trying, you keep making effort, you keep reasoning, and that causes your destruction. So much pain. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So much pain. To know when to stop, to know when you get no further by your own action, this is the right beginning. That's still the beginning. No further by your own action. So really, this whole deal is about is not about learning how to do it, but stopping trying to do it. It's about stopping the action, not, not figuring it out. Mm. It's more about what not to do instead of what to do. One <laughs> learned everything. You know, I'm, th- I'm thinking like it's also likening it to abstinence. It's like part of our recovery. Ha- abstinence is a big part of our re- my recovery. Um, you know, I forgot where I was taking this, but um, that was like one action I had to take. I guess mm-hmm. abstinence first, and then figure everything out. I did. I really well, you, needed to figure out why why I needed to use drugs. That, that's why I'm here. Well, this is what we learned, or what I learned was that I stopped trying to stop. What I did was I went and encouraged someone else to stop that that wanted to stop. I went and helped them. Mm-hmm. So I got the focus off of myself 
So my work is not to try to fix me. It's not really even try to fix someone else. It's for mm-hmm. me to offer support to someone else. I remember my first sponsor. This was back before cell phones and everything. He said that he uh, early 90s, probably. Uh, he wanted to drink really bad. And uh, he'd been in and out for years and finally started getting it. And he couldn't get in touch with anyone. It was a really nice spring Saturday up in Virginia, and everyone was, was out doing things, you know. And he knew there was a, a VA, VA hospital 20 miles or so away, and he was a retired veteran. So when he couldn't get in touch with anyone, went down his whole phone list and could not get anyone. Um, he went to the VA hospital and volunteered for the day and changed, uh, changed out bedpans in the wet brain ward. Mm. All day. He showed up and there was a nurse there and he said, hey, is there something I can do? And she, he said she knew exactly why I was there and put me to work. Mm-hmm. And so he spent his time just helping any way he could. Now, could it have worked if he had done something else like any other kind of service? Maybe. I don't know. You know, but he got the focus off of himself. He, kept, he stopped trying to fix himself, in other words. Yeah. What what do you call it? I tried that when my sister in law was here, and she packed uh, she packed a case of Heineken, a twelve pack of Heineken in our fridge, and it didn't bother me until one day I got that feeling. I don't know if any of you have had that feeling where you just know how it is to to wash down one of them when you're thirsty, and instead of escaping that thought, I sat with him and said, "Hey, this is just a thought. That's interesting because I knew that I couldn't do it," and. And I sat with it, and it didn't take me more than, I don't know, 30 seconds. Then it, it that urge to drink just disappeared by itself, just yeah. by accepting that, oh, this was an urge I had to do that, but I don't have to follow up on it. And I didn't fight it in any way. I don't know if that goes in any, any category with that, but it he worked. Would, uh, his urge was a little more. He had said that his, he wanted to drink so bad he was crying. He was crying? Oh, yes. wow, yeah. That's different. You need need an action to even help ducks over the street in that matter there. You just go out and help anything you can. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was that bad, he said. I think even it's, it's, it still just shows that no matter what extent or how extreme I feel, because I want to keep it about me, when the thought of drinking or taking pills crosses my mind, when, because I'm not one of these that it never happens, because I'm a freaking alcoholic, I'm a freaking drug addict, it's going to happen for me. When it comes, do I, am I in a spiritually fit condition enough to sit with the thought and, and recognize it as just a thought and that it'll pass? Mm-hmm. Or am I in a spiritual condition of, man, I got to go help. I got to get out of, get out of my head, not stay in there and be okay in acceptance of those thoughts. What do I need to do? And I think it still just depends. It mm-hmm. just really depends for me. Um, you know, and, and it could be a Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And that reaction for me as an as an alcoholic in recovery 
when that thought happens could be very different on that specific Tuesday at 3 p.m. <laughs> or Friday at 7, you know? Like, it just kind of depends. And I think it's just staying in the moment and staying aware, right? And and And, and in acceptance of whatever it takes. It was decided I would go to any lengths to stay yeah. sober. Yeah. Any links. So what does that length look like right now? Yeah, that's good. And, and Amy, it depends, I think, on where you're at in recovery. You know, if you're a day in or a year or five years or 10 years or 30 years, how you react is differently. Mm. You know, if I'm a day in, I'm calling my sponsor. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to sit there and think about it, you know. But, if you know, it just depends. You know what I mean? It, it depends. Yes. Many factors and so many variables. Uh, yeah, it, and that's the same thing about all of our recoveries. They're so different because we're all need different things or at different places. But there's one thing that's the same: we have to let go, we have to surrender, mm-hmm. we have to step out of the way, we have to learn how to do what he's saying here. He says all of this dependency that we're talking about enables us to unlearn. So what is unlearning? We got about ten minutes left. Uh, what is unlearning? Because he says that's the goal is to learn is to because as we unlearn, we can know when to stop our actions, know when to stop mm-hmm. our thinking, know when we don't have the answer mm-hmm. before we go down that trail. But can that be? Uh, can that be? Don't give it to your intellect. Don't give it to your head. Give it to your heart instead. Can that be it? And then you act by intuition instead. It's the act by intuition. There's, there's, we read it, isn't it 84, 85, 86, where it's at the reactant upon the intuition. I think it's 86 that it comes up in the big book. Um, and, and we kind of know how to handle situations with huge battles. When we face indecision, yeah. we may not be able to determine which course to take. That's what you're talking about, Dennis? Mm, yes. We ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought, or decision. We relax and take it easy. Mm. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Mm. That's unlearning. Mm. There's nothing about those decisions that I have figured out. Mm. That's exactly. Or those actions. You know, when I was first starting in recovery, I was doing my damnedest to search for God, to search for a higher power. And I was working really hard at it. And like, what, what if I do this? And what if I do that? And it really was when I finally was like, this, I just stop looking and just like stop drinking yes. already, you know, like, and that's, you know, over the years, once I stopped looking, that's kind of when things kind of came together. Like, oh, this is how it works. And, oh, this is what I have. And, you know, it it all, it like, mm. when in realizing that the universe supports me in whatever I do, it was, like, it made things a little bit easier, you know? As far as I'm learning stuff, it's just realizing all the thoughts in my head are just thoughts in my head. And they're just mm. mine. No one else's. They're not you. No, mm. but, yeah, 
They're not real. They're just thoughts. That unlearning process. We're all going through it. Haven't you heard in the program also, this is a program of, of, of deduction, not addition, right? Yeah. So it's also a program of unlearning. Because what is it, Mark, Mark Twain, was it, that said that it's not what I don't know that gets me in trouble, it's what I do know that gets me in trouble, <laughs> right? <laughs> that yeah. Is it. yeah. The real issue is not that we haven't figured it out. The real issue is that we feel we need to figure it out, you know? Yes. Because yeah. we're human. <laughs> yes, and we, exactly. And we have too much, you know, if you want to say too much intelligence, I don't want, I don't know if I want to go that far, but we have more. Oh, I, I'll go that far. <laughs> <laughs> if, I was gonna, if I was gonna well if I was gonna write a book about that, <laughs> I'd know what my title had been way before I ever got sober. It was I wish I were dumber. I mean, I go to Walmart and see those people shuffling in and shuffling out every week with their pajamas on and not, ha- you know, don't seem to have a care. And I'm like, I want to be like them, but I can't be. I can't do that. Really? <laughs> boy, have- whenever I go to Walmart and I have to do it to get my my uh, my uh, acid uh, medicine, I'm looking at them and saying, yeah, you know, we're not going to make it as a human species. <laughs> I give us two to three hundred years tops and then we're going to die and the cockroaches will take over. You know what? As soon as the, as soon as we realize that climate change is really happening, we're all going to be annihilated anyways because the Earth is going to burn up. Yeah, you yeah. remember that old George Carlin bit? Everybody is afraid. How we're going to do it as the human species? Is that uh, we were so afraid of the world is going to be fine? And he says the world is going to be fine. It's the people that is messed up or that's fucked. <laughs> They're the one that's going to die. <laughs> it's not the world is going to be fine. You know, there's something to say about not having to figure everything out. There's a great thing said about that. There's in in women's meetings, we talk about things like um, leaving dishes in the sink. And even though it's a, a really minor, small thing, for most of us, we can't leave dishes in the sink. So doing that is like a big kind of liberating like leaving the house with dishes in the sink. It's liberating. Um, it's little small steps like that. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> I do. Is it though? Because I would be obsessing over the freaking dishes in the sink if I'd left with dishes in the sink. No, you I see, I see, yeah. You learn how to not obsess about it and really don't do it too often. <laughs> I just opened my 12 and 12. Um, so I was looking for the intellectually self-sufficient, all that stuff, right? But I opened it and it kind of fell open to this page. And I just, of all the things highlighted, it says, why should we be bothered with theological abstractions and religious duties or with the state of our souls here or hereafter? The here and now was good enough for us. What? What page is that on? 29. 29, here now. So it was there, buddy. I thought they, they wasn't going to mention that the moment here is, is actually where you find spirituality. It's, it's the awareness in this moment. Well, That's, where's the child? Where's the child at? The child's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Where's the dog? Yes. Yes. In the, it's all about mm-hmm. being in the moment. Not, they, don't, they don't have the fear to take them out of the moment. 
in the lose the moment. They stay in the moment all the time. They haven't, they have, the, the child hasn't gotten the fear yet. And that's taking them away from their original self, added that thinking in between their original self and the action that they're taking. They don't have a plan. They're not contrived. There's nothing to unlearn yet. Right. Nothing to be afraid of yet. No rubber snakes yet. (laughs) But how cool is it that with these babies that are coming along, we have an opportunity to help them not be fearful, not to have the same fears that other people thought we needed to have. But isn't that interesting and so high, so simple, but yet so hard to apply? Yeah. Huh. You know, all we can do is love them, though. I, I think that yeah. it's part of the human condition to have those things and have to learn how to deal with those mm-hmm. tools. To Well, that's what happened to the Buddha. He lived in a in a wealthy compound where he never saw death. And then as he got older and he got out of the con, he started seeing all of this that he was sheltered from all of his life. So that was how that was the part of the first of his journey was he was he was sheltered from all that, like what we're talking. So so was it fear body that he because he was sheltered from his father sheltered him from 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 the surrounding world. So when he got out, was it because of fear that he uh, that that he got uh, suffering there that he got into to meditation or so, Dennis, because I, yeah. I can trace all of my suffering back to fear. Yeah. Fear is the, the base of every bit. So I would assume the same for him. Mm-hmm. It's a good motivator. <laughs> oh, it's the, it is the motivator yeah. for ourselves. Because if I think about it, there's nothing that doesn't originate from fear in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything. That's true. Yeah, and, and so this helps us to unlearn and unpack those things. And that's the great thing about the program is teaches us to do that. But, but you know that what is it? What does the Bible talk about that? The kingdom of God is these children is like these children is mm-hmm. is what you know. And he's talking about the same thing that enlightenment, the kingdom, the original self, all of those whatever we'll name we want to put on it is like the dependency a child has. So we should have the same dependence. I think that's what Lao Tzu saying. And the more we try to figure it out. We will be destroyed by the very thing we seek. And truer words have not been spoken. Really truth for an alcoholic, right? You're going to be ruined by what you seek. <laughs> Unless it's the emptiness. Emptiness can't really do it because there isn't anything there. But, it's, I, but I get it. Too many meetings can also make you a little neurotic, I think. If you, if you do too many, I really do think that you can get meeting makers make it. I think they just make more meetings. <laughs> That's I, I believe you can stay sober on it, but it doesn't make give you that growth of uh, of of joy and peace. I think it absolutely go ahead. Go ahead, Amy. I'm sorry. It, it gets it, it goes back to like I guess my phrase of the day is it depends. Mm. You know, I can go to a hundred meetings and not get anything out of it and not participate at all. I can go to two meetings and and they can fill me and it can be exactly what I need but it's my mindset am I open-minded am I willing to receive what I need to or give what I need to right surrender, um right, eh? well, I surrender yeah I surrender you know yeah. if I'm not surrendered 
it doesn't matter how many meetings I go to. If I'm not letting go, if mm-hmm. I'm not working this the way that we, you know, we that it works for us, it doesn't matter how many meetings I go to. I'm still not going to get it. Mm-hmm. My husband said something pretty profound the other day, and um, he um, <laughs> do what for the first time. Yeah, really, it was the first time, and I told him. I told him too. I was like, "Wow, that was good shit." So, so we. <laughs> So, so it was a Sunday night and we were walking and I knew, you know, he knows, I know that, um, I do the four dimensioners on Sunday night and, um, occasionally he'll go to an in-person meeting. And so we're doing our daily walk and I was just talking, I was like, Oh, are you going to go to the meeting? He's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. And I said, well, you know what they say when you're not feeling a meeting, you need to go to a meeting. He was like, I'm just going to call bullshit on that. I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, because if I'm not feeling like a meeting, I'm going to go in that meeting and I'm going to sit there and be pissed off because somebody else thought I needed to be at that meeting. And I'm going to sit there and criticize and judge and all that stuff. He's like, what's the point of going to the meeting if I don't? I was like, oh, my God. Makes sense. Wow. I never thought about it from that perspective. So, again, it's relative. What kind of mindset am I in? How surrendered am I? to, to be where I need to be to, you know, because I had to be to the, I had to be, I wasn't able to get started in the journey of recovery until I was ready to start on the journey of recovery. Right. I had to get to that point myself. Nobody could make me be there. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what everybody else told me. They, it's not a good, why don't you just not drink? Well, if I could just fucking not drink, I would have just not drink. But <laughs> what? <laughs> So anyway, um, one more thing. I know we're out of over time, but if you persist in making effort to obtain what effort cannot get, if you persist in reasoning about what cannot be understood, you will be destroyed by the very thing you seek. Taking it back to the to the book. The idea that somehow someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. I'll be destroyed. Be dependent like a newborn child. I like the the three-year-old mentality where they're out playing in the sandbox and everything's so serious. Oh, don't walk on that. That's, you know, don't, you know. And then, uh, you know, it's nothing to it, you know, but they think it's so serious. They get so upset when these little things happen, you know. And I think how much of my life is that same way that I get so upset about things that just don't matter? (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter. I think it's so important. Most of it doesn't matter. No. I'm not going to remember it a week from now. And it's so important in this moment. Yeah. Anything that I don't think is going to be important a week from now is not important right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very little stuff. There's not much stuff that fits. So, Any other comments, guys? Good meeting. Thank you. I needed that. Thank you. Anything else before we close? Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. 
Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.